You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. Welcome back to the Resilient Humans Podcast. And what a special guest today. It is Matt Clark. He's a PE teacher and lifted level two coach, MoveNat level two trainer. He also loves cooking, spending time in nature, including running obstacle courses, uh, similar passion for myself as well, Mm -hmm. and spending time with his kids. Matt, welcome to the show today. It is a pleasure to be here, my friend. So Matt, Matt and I were actually um, class cohorts for our, our Enlifted Level 2. So we both just graduated recently and uh, just chatting before hitting record here, uh, we've both been hitting up the uh, the workshop uh, areas. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with your workshops and kind of what you've been chatting with people about? Yeah, for sure. Um, it, you know, ever since starting the Level 1, uh, my friends and colleagues have you know, they've been getting a good ear on, on, on what I've been learning through the Unlifted Method. And then when we got to the level two and I realized, yeah, we're going to start putting out workshops, that's when I really started to, to try and up the ante on the conversation with my colleagues and my friends. And uh, we, we, we launched two, two workshops the, the same week and it was just mind-blowing such a buzz to to get up there and actually be in the same room with with people who were so willing to 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 get vulnerable and to 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 be really honest um in such a short space of time and and in in a couple of the cases you know we're talking a you know there's there's some friends in the group but but others were you know colleagues from different departments within the school um and the energy in inside the room was just fantastic so yeah it's it's a it's it's thrilling to be in that experience it's an honor to be able to facilitate those kinds of experiences and it was it was a real um pleasure to have good feedback come my way and and it's been a real sort of driver to go and do more and i got one more tomorrow so that's awesome to that yeah well congrats on all that that's amazing and i i can definitely uh you know I feel that same energy that you're, that you're describing here as well, when it comes to putting on workshops and, you know, having that, that trust that people have in you to, to, to basically open up. Like it's, it's a weird feeling, but it feels kind of, it feels good. Um, How is that different? So you and I, I was a former phys ed teacher Mm -hmm. Um, being in front of a, a classroom of students and going through phys ed is one thing. How does that compare with, doing these workshops for your colleagues and people that are, you know, mentors or, or peers to you? Yeah. Good, great question. I, I mean, the, the truth is, is that it, it was somewhat of a relief to not have the added component of having to manage such a large number of students in a, in a large open space, you know, out on the field when you've got tennis and football and various other things going on and, there's all stuff, all sorts of stuff that can go on in in a, a PE classroom, um, and being able to just really zoom in on content and the the I, I felt like the content base was very appropriate for adults, 
and very well received by by adults and i think a level of maturity and willingness to go into it and lean into the 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 emotional aspect of it that i i believe you can get there with students in the right way and i'm i'm beginning to to look at how we get there with with students what's the right fit um but we were able to get there much more easily much more efficiently working with adults and so that was a real a real nice shift in terms of the the dynamics of the, the that situation so yeah it was very 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 enjoyable for that that's cool yeah i could see how it would be challenging with a a large group of students many of which wouldn't know if you ask the question how does that make you feel i'm sure they would just I don't know. I'm just saying words, yeah. man. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. They don't exactly. quite understand it yet. So, um, but there, I'm sure there's ways that you can introduce it. Like I have the, um, I mentioned on this, this podcast before we did the, have the soft talk words posted up in my kitchen. And so if I say like basically any of them, my daughter will point it out. Oh, that's on the list. You know, you're not allowed to say that. It's like, all oh, right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. She's yeah. calling me out on it and she understands it somewhat right it doesn't it doesn't sink in but at least she's starting to understand like in the seeds hey, w- words kind of have uh meanings and stuff right so yep yeah absolutely yeah. actually the soft talk uh, challenge was the first part that i introduced to my colleagues uh, i knew i was going to be doing these workshops and so i put that out there some weeks before and invited people to join me on that some of them even took it into their classrooms and and started doing doing it with their students so that it was it was already out there in the ether um, and you know, a topic of discussion by the time we got to the workshops. So yeah, very, very That's nice. Cool. I the first workshop I did, we ended with the soft talk challenge. So I had a handout. It had like all the, all the words printed out, big, big, bright letters. And, uh, I would fall, fo- I followed up with everybody at the end of a week to see what they noticed. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you had a similar experience with the people yeah. that you worked with as well, but they're like, Wow a lot of people use those words. I'm like, well, were you one of those people? And they're like, yeah, yeah actually I was. So yeah. they, they noticed when and where they were saying it, which is kind of interesting. So some of them said they would use it more at work and not mm-hmm. so much at home. And then others were the opposite. They use more solid talk at work and more soft talk at home. So interesting. it was cool to see that it was different for everybody, but the, the, the common theme was that they were more aware of the language that they were using. And that was the whole yeah. point. Think about yeah. your thinking, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I had a similar situation where I got some, some sort of indirect feedback through my, my boss, the head teacher at my school, you know, she was, she was in one of the workshops and she, you know, I, I ran it by her. I'm, I want to do this soft talk challenge. And I want you involved. And uh, a week later, she's in a conversation because my partner works at the same school. And she's having a conversation with my partner and, and she catches herself. Uh, using using a software work and corrects herself in the moment. So, yes, yeah, that's it's what, out there. It's it a happened on my workshop. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. The uh, the the girl that was um, that kind of led a, the workshop that I led today online at the very end. She caught herself. She edited her sentence mid. It, it was half out, and she edited. It. I was like, "It's working. You're Love already it. doing it." Love so it. that's that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> um. I noticed in in one of your Instagram posts that um, you said mindset and movement were two of yeah. your deepest curiosities. Uh, that that word, that curiosity word, really kind of jumped out at me. Can you describe yeah. what you meant by that? By by the word curiosity. 
Yeah. Why did you say? Because a lot of people would not use those words to describe two of the things that you could have said, these are my two of my deepest passions or interests, but you specifically yeah. chose the word curiosities. And I, I'm wondering why you did that. I, I, I do love the word curiosity. I, 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 I think that's something very, very natural. I, and and I'm, a, I'm a nature guy. You know, like that's uh, if you really want to get to the heart of my philosophy or my, my outlook on life, it's very nature based. Um, and I, I, I've, I've got kids of my own and uh, as well as working with kids every day. And I see that natural curiosity, that that sort of that desire to learn that that doesn't need to be pushed in any way. Right. I work in a Montessori school. Um, and, and if I visit the infant department uh, of the school, which is where the Montessori philosophy is most in its flow, you see this natural curiosity and that there's, there's minimal intervention from from the teacher or, or anyone else. And so um, that's uh, that's probably the best way I can describe why I like the word curiosity there. Um, and yeah, I mean, movement and, and mindset are two of the, the things that I find very, very interesting to to think about um that was coming off that post was coming off the back end of having just certified in the the move nat that i did the level one and the level two together earlier on this year that was fantastic and again it's very much aligned with with how i feel um healthy movement can be approached you know there's all sorts of ways to approach movement whether it's through sport dance i know you're a crossfit guy um and, and, and I hear a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, I want to get moving. You know, I want to you know, start start moving, but I just don't even know how. And I think, how sad is that? You know, how sad is that? Because you, you, you do, you do. I mean, you only have to look at a child um, to see it's not something you need to actually learn. What's happened is you've unlearned. And, and that's, that's, that's a pity. Well, it's more than a pity. It's a bit of a travesty, really um a little soft talk in there it's 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 very sad to see that somebody who really does want to live a healthy life is sort of blocking themselves through this this belief that they don't know how to move naturally and really it's the most natural thing you can do you so said, you said it yeah. with the unlearn like you yeah. watch you watch those small children play they're sitting in the bottom of a squat playing with their toys yeah these these chairs are killing us we're both sitting yeah. in chairs right now right i know right <laughs> I, want, I want a standing desk so i can start doing these podcasts standing up because i know yeah. it's going to be better for me but yeah that's absolutely true um and people do they they i find people here anyway they use age as one of their limiting beliefs mm. oh i'm just i'm too old for that like we, we had our garage doors open at the gym the uh, last summer and there was a guy outside the business next to us and he goes, Oh, I could never do that. He was using his age as a, I'm, I'm just too old. I, I couldn't do what you guys are doing. Yeah. Meanwhile, my 72 year old mother was running by with a med ball. Yeah. Age is an excuse. You can't use that as an excuse. There's no reason why you can't move absolutely use your body absolutely yeah 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 i mean you know if you can't run then you walk you know it's it's as simple as that um but yeah very sad that for whatever reason 
people people will put those blockages in their own way and you know that's that's where some of the work comes in for 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 coaches or for you know anyone who's in the space to actually just give a little nudge a little support uh, in the right direction yeah how would you go about so let's let's go to that that example that i just gave that guy probably doesn't even know that he needs a coach in order to break down that barrier that he's put up. How do you go about influencing people like that? Great question. Great question. Um, I mean, I think that the, 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 first of all, is his statement true, you know, and I would, I would try and guide him towards the discovery that, you know, there's, there's some mistruth to to the statement. I couldn't do that. You know, I couldn't do anything like that. What can you do? You know, just be a simple question. Like, what can you do? Are we walking right now? Okay, that's cool. Could you walk a little more? Could you add in a little more walking? Can we start there? You know, what's the simplest one single step up from where you're at right now would be, would be one approach. And also in a way that's a very small celebration of, of, of the existing positives, right? Uh, I think it was like, a, they, I remember reading about this, this study they did with the, 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 I think they call it the MAID study. This is where they, they, they looked at uh, um, cleaning staff in a, in, in a hotel and they were looking at their sort of general sense of well-being as measured on this, this survey. And when they, they, split the group in half and they reminded one half of the, the, this, this group that, you know, what you're doing every day in your day-to-day work is you're burning quite a lot of calories. You're moving in a whole bunch of different movement patterns just by going about your day-to-day work. It suddenly started to feel a whole lot better uh, about who they were and they felt better in themselves and a whole lot more contented in their, their work because they realized, hang on, I've already got a lot of positive, positive stuff going on here. Whereas the others, I'm just a bit down in the dumps, you know. And, and um, I think if you can draw your attention to the existing positives and just take a little step forward towards something more that's already on the same trajectory, that's a great place to start. And you get some momentum and then you can start shaking it up with, with other things. Totally agree. When we have people mm-hmm. start at the gym, we always celebrate the wins. What are you currently doing? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Let, let's do just a little bit more of that. Yeah. And that's a great way to highlight what they're currently doing because it's not nothing. No, it's never, it's never nothing. I mean, if but they're people, outside your gym walking by they're they're, they're walking yeah. by. Yep. Yep. Always something, never nothing. That's the only time yeah. I'll use binary language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love to dive into your origin story, Matt. Uh, I've heard it before, but I'd love you to share, um, what that's all about tell 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 our listeners matt clark's origin story my goodness kevin how much time have you got mate because that i had i had to practice this uh, uh well, I, I know it's know. been i've seen it kept around 10 minutes i know that's yeah, true so yeah 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 i mean i'll i'll do my best to not not even go over that because you know it, it can it can really really go on um well what happened is, is that it was it was in the year two thousand and six, and it was the summer of, of two thousand and six, and I I'm, I I end up through a set of circumstances on a train that's 
incredibly crowded and every single person on that train including my 15 friends are on their way to a, a, a festival called exit fest and we've just left budapest in um in hungary and we're on our way to serbia so we're going to cross the border into serbia and it becomes apparent that there's a bum bag i would call it a bum bag i think you guys call it a fanny pack right that's got my passport, my tickets, my money, my phone, my wallet, everything. It's gone. It's gone. And at that point in time, I don't know if it's still on the train. I don't know what's gone on. Um, so I frantically start my search throughout the train as we're racing through the Hungarian countryside and eventually get to a point where I'm starting to lose hope. I don't think it's on the train or it's been stolen. And as we get quite close to the border with Serbia, there's a guy who is a complete stranger who just taps me on the shoulder and he says, you know, it's a very bad idea for you to try and cross the border into, into Serbia uh, without your passport. It's, not, it's just not a good idea. So I jump off the train at the next stop, which turns out to be the, like the very next stop before the, the border control. I leg it down to the front end of the platform where I know the rest of my mates are because this train is crammed full of people. And I managed to scrounge together about 30 euros and which is about $30, I imagine, something like that. And an old Sony flip phone of my buddy, John. And I run to the back end of the train where I know some other mates of mine are just to tell them what's going on. And, um, and my mate Westy says, you know, I'll come with you. And I, and I refuse to let anyone come with me. And the reason I refuse is because sort of to make the backstory short I was going through a period of depression in my life I'd been diagnosed with clinical depression and the reason for that was that I was just completely lost and complete lack of you know purpose and direction in my life and the way that that was that was playing out was that I had been going out drinking partying way too hard trying to show everyone how extreme and cool I was um and ultimately trying to convince myself that i was okay um but but i really wasn't okay and i would get myself into a horrible mess and rely on my friends to bail me out and in that moment on that train platform i just i just thought nah, no more like this is ridiculous um i can't i can't let my friends jump off the train ruin their trip because of my mistake I'm going back by myself and I'll solve this whatever way I can. So I stay off the train and the train starts moving. And I hear the call from my mate, John. And he's like, Matt, that phone on in you, it's brand new. It hasn't got anyone's numbers. So I'm running alongside a moving train, trying to, trying to desperately tap in the numbers um, and end up, the train goes off into the distance and I'm standing on the edge of the platform, not even knowing if I've, got a way of catching up with my friends if uh, if I ever do manage to find my stuff and so I'm literally on the edge of an empty platform in the middle of Hungary um, and, a, and a stranger taps me on the shoulder again this time it's the friend of the one that warned me about going through the border and he doesn't speak a word of English so he just indicates for me to follow so in absolute silence we, we walk through the this little village he buys me a a loaf of bread, some sandwich meat, a packet of chewing gum, and a bottle of water, 
walks me back to the train station. Uh, he says some words in Hungarian to the guy at the ticket office. And, um, and, he, and then he puts his hand on my shoulder for one last time and he says, good luck. And it's like the only two words of our entire relationship, good luck. And that, that moment was, I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about it, Kevin, because it, it was a shift in, in, in my life. I mean, there was a little shift when I decided to get off the train and, and not accept help. But then there was the danger of me dipping back down into, you know, feeling really sorry for myself. And that the kindness of that stranger in that moment really kind of gave me fuel to keep going. Um, and so I kept my head up, and which was the exact opposite to what I'd been doing for the, the months or years previous. I I'd had my head buried in the sand uh, and I kept my head up, kept my eyes on the horizon. And, and as I went back to Budapest, I just kept meeting people. Like, and they were the absolute right, absolute most perfect people to meet in, in, in that moment. You know, one, one, one of the kids I met, this young lad, his, his dad was like a high-ranking official in the transport company for Budapest. And he arranged it so I could travel for free on public transport while I tried to arrange my stuff. And then he introduced me to another mate who had a hostel over on the other side of the city. And they they you know, told him my situation and let me stay in the hostel for free. And, and things like that just kept on going. And I ended up spending four days in Budapest trying to solve that, that situation and caught the very, very last train back out with a brand new passport and a wedge full of my own hard-earned cash that I'd managed to wire myself um, and, and eventually catch up with my friends. And, and it was... It really shifted my mind. I realize now, um, I didn't know it at the time because I didn't have the language for it, but I realize now that it wasn't clinical depression. I just had a classic victim mentality going on. You know, I was just like waiting for somebody else to solve my problems for me, like acting like it weren't my fault. It was all because of the world. Um, I wasn't taking any control over my life. And I realized that I can. And I got back from that trip and left the job that I was doing, signed up to become a teacher and entered into teacher training and a whole new career path opened up and, and I wasn't taking the pills anymore. And it was just, you know, night and day, absolute night and day. Um, and, you know, I think that's, that's another big piece of the origin of my curiosity for mindset. In fact, take out the thing. I know it's that, you know, I, I, I spend a lot of time, you know, realizing just how, how much gratitude I can have for that experience. Cause had it not been for that, who knows? Who knows? So was oh. that less than 10 minutes? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, you crushed it. That was great. <laughs> what, what can other people learn from that story from that lesson do you know what i it may have actually been a guest on your show for, apologies if it's not uh, but i heard someone say the other day that you know you don't necessarily have to reach rock bottom you don't necessarily have to have that that full-on like dark night of the soul or, or you know be out the street you know it, you can raise the bottom to meet you where you're at I thought that was a really, really nice concept. Um, and 
you know, there's there's alcoholism in my family and there's people who have really gone over the, you know, over the line with that. And, and there's people who have died because of that in my family. Um, and I've seen friends who have gone for, for, for drug related stuff as well. And, and it's, I didn't need to hit that rock bottom. I, I needed a good nudge and to be open to hearing that that voice saying hang on um so you know that whatever it is that you can do to um recognize when that voice is calling to you uh, whether that's you know, through whatever introspective practices there might be um knowing yourself well enough to know hang on a minute you know the universe is speaking to you here um it's time for a change and be able to do it without having to hit a really really horrible rock bottom i think there's there's a lot of people that could um could benefit from yeah benefit from that really it's tough when when people are in those um dark times and like you said it doesn't have to be rock bottom but the, the times are still dark it's hard for them to recognize when the universe is talking to them mm. But I want people to know that it's always talking to you, no matter what, yeah. at all times. You, you just have to listen all the time. How, how, how do you cultivate that, that listening for yourself? Yeah, that's a <laughs> flipping the script here. That's a really good question. Um, for me, it's slowing down. Mm. You, you can't, negation acknowledge, you can't absorb information through the universe when you're going quickly. So when your breath is trapped, when you're ramped up, you got tunnel vision. You, you, there's no way to absorb anything, any information if you're, if you're going quickly. So for me, it's slowing down. Um, there were some times during the pandemic where oof, like, that was rough for gym owners, obviously, like it, yeah. everything was shut down. And there were some nights where I wasn't sleeping at all. And I was like, but I can control my breathing. And this yeah. is pre and lifted. This is before I even knew what I was doing or what, what I was talking about. I didn't have the language or the skills for it, but uh, I knew if that I just slowed down and kind of focused on my breathing that I could kind of calm myself down. And then I was more open to, what was happening around me. And mm -hmm. I, it was a few days later where I, I put out an emotional video to the, uh, the gym members that have stuck with me uh, even when we were closed down and that sense of gratitude rushed over me. Like it yeah. was a huge wave of emotion and uh, it all came out and that only happened because I slowed down. So part of our, for those that just listening, part of our homework in the Enlifted program uh, is to go on 45 minute solo walks. And I've, I've used that. I've mentioned that as homework for uh, people listening and also for my own clients. Mm. Um, those, those times when I'm walking slowly, I see the most, I hear the most and I experience the most. So that's, that's how I do it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's good. And, and for a lot of people, quite hard to do, I think. Well, slowing this, down. This yeah. day and age, everything's full, full blast. Yeah. Like, 
there's, I'm glad it's, I feel like it's settling down, but that whole hustle culture, like if you're sleeping, you're not working like screw yeah. that, man. That's not, that's not a way to live. Maybe if you're in your twenties and you have like all that energy to burn off, but um, yeah, I, I hope that culture is dying out because it's not helpful going full, full tilt and full blast all the time. You're going to crash and burn. That's what happens. So Matt, tell us a little bit. You have this uh, formula that you've used called past plus present equals future. I've never heard yeah. of that before. So can you dive into that and explain that to us? Yeah. Um, so you know, back when I was a kid, I, you know, I studied biology, um, PE, biology, psychology. They were my, I think what you would call them, they were my majors. I studied sports science at university, but I remember my biology teacher in particular, he was a little bit weird. And he, he liked to point out that there were these codes that permeate nature, you know, like we'd be learning about plants or something like that. And he'd be like, yep, yeah, you know, it's following the code. And he was referring to the things like the, the, the spiral formations of flowering plants. And so he planted a, a seed, no pun intended, <laughs> eh? um, early on which I left for it for a while. And then it, and it, it came back and hit me later on in what you might call the you know, personal development, spiritual awakening uh, part of my life. When I was reading lots of books and watching lots of documentaries of, um, that were lighting up my curiosities. And, and one of the books that, that I read had this, this part where it said, you know, all organic life seems to follow this pattern where it, it doesn't, it, it, it looks at what it's got. Um, you might be talking about like the, the branching patterns of trees or, or, or whatever, really. Um, the, the bone, you know, dimensions in, in, in a human skeleton even. Um, it, it knows how to grow by looking at what, where it's at, right? looking at the present moment and looking at where it was, right? a previous growth phase. And from that, from those two data points, it just determines where or what's where it's going to go, right? Um, I thought, oh, I love that. That's simple enough for my 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 mind. I can wrap my head around that, and I can. I, I wonder what happens if I expand that out as a as a as a way of looking at life in general. You know, I thought, well, okay, you know, if I take the lessons of the past and I can, like we were just talking about, slow down or even get real still. Um, by whatever practice it is I have for getting present and centered, um, then I, I I believe I've got a really good formula for moving forward into a into a, a healthy, productive, effective future. Um, I think it works on a, on on a you know very small scale in the day to day. You know, it just might be that you're going into an interaction with somebody, and you might just pause for a moment, take a breath, get present. And just in that moment, a little nugget of wisdom made the right thing might just come, you know, to your aid, that, that previous lesson um, that, that's going to help you be extra specially effective in that moment. And I think of that as being a, a nice little leap forward. And I think, I believe it can, it can happen on a bigger scale with, with, with deeper you know, more profound moments in life, forks in the road. Um, again, you know, if you can slow down enough or even get real still and just pause for a moment and allow bigger lessons to come through, I think that 
that we can we can foster in our own evolution in a much more uh, efficient way and in a, in a way that's really aligned with you know our, our true sense of who who we are and where we're really where we're really supposed to be going if if, if we're supposed to be going anywhere but you know like if, if there is such a thing as a higher self I think it's it's important to to get clear on where you've come from and get very clear on where you're at and, and if you if you've established both of those very very well I think you've got a very good formula for where you're going I've never that's a I love the way you you put that out how how do you put that into practice I guess can you give me a a, a real life example of how somebody would use that that knowledge or that analogy in in their everyday life it's what it's what we do it's it's actually why uh it, i didn't know that that's what i was getting into when i signed up to become an enlisted coach um but if you look at what story work is um it's going into your stories and um cleaning them up because i mean we we you know the past is it's not I don't, I don't know how do you describe what the past is it's it only exists in stories you know and, and stories only exist through the lens of, of of your mindset so if you've got a shitty view of, of your past or if you've got you know if, if you've got emotions in there that are causing you to to view your stories in a way that's not healthy for you going forwards and you couple that with the fact that you're not really cultivating present centeredness in any shape or form then how are you going to grow forwards conversely if you can have a a, a practice and it doesn't have to be story work you know there, there i'm sure there are other other regressive therapies and um journaling practices and all manner of other ways to get close enough to your stories in a way that you can actually start to go ah and hmm. looked at it like that um and see it in a new light perhaps in a cleaner fresher truer light than the one that you create for yourself when you were all wound up in it filled with emotions um and then you get still sit with that i think there's a good you know that's a good way um and i'm still playing with this you know i'm still playing with this you know get past plus present equals future may very well mean learning about your heritage it may well mean learning about the stories of your family and your, and your ancestry that's that's an interesting one to play with and then we've got a lot of tools for that you know we can start delving down our dna history we can also you know go online and, and find out interesting stuff about uh, our family's stories um in the enlisted methodology there's a an ancestral an ancestry course which i'm very curious about as well um and then of course we've got breath work and we've got meditation and we've got, you know movement if 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 we want to talk about ways to get very embodied and get very present in the moment so i think there's there's a really good marriage of of modalities there and i would encourage anyone to just sort of experiment with it oh yeah i can look at my past and see what wisdom i can bring forward for the now just to, to get me going forwards. Positive. Be curious. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I like that. A lot of the examples that you just gave uh, revolved around the theme of tuning in 
So mm. focusing on inward as opposed to tuning out, we're trying to block things. We put up these walls or barriers around us. So um, I like that. That's the common theme. Get in tune with, with what's happening. Yeah. Like we said earlier, you really can uh, accelerate that by slowing down. It seems yeah. weird to say that. Accelerate by slowing down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, is, yeah. it is what it is. That's, that's, that's true, though. Yep, absolutely. For sure. Uh, Matt, I'd love to hear what your, uh, this is obviously a podcast about resiliency. What does resiliency mean to you? Yeah. Okay. So uh, my, I knew you were going to ask this and my, <laughs> my, my knee jerk sort of response, I, I, I imagine is quite typical, you know, it's that bounce back ability, you know, it's, it's hear that often. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine you do. And it's probably, oh, yeah take out the problem i imagine it's cliche at this point to sort of think of the the blade of grass bending in the the, the storm and the, the the oak fracking under the rigidity and i like that I, I will i will stick with that and i'll add that um because it did send me down a, a, a thought hole uh for quite a while um this question um for me the image that comes to mind is this this like the idea of there being a, a thread that no matter how far I stray from myself or from what you might call the path, uh, it's that elastic recoil thread that, that pulls me back to centre. Um, because, you know, resilience, it, it, sometimes that's just surviving, I think. You know, it's that sometimes the, the, the chips are down and, and, and it really is the, the only thing you can do is to, just to hang on. Right. Um, and I wonder if there's a cautionary tale to, you know, sort of confusing resilience with, with, with complacency when you're, when, when you're really down, you know, and, and um, falling into the trap of thinking, well, this is just how it is. Um, I think resilience is that, that energy, that recall that pulls you just back to who you were, but you know, forwards towards the thing that you're, growing into um in truth and yeah i i think i think it entails a certain toughness and flexibility i think it it's it's there's going to be times where it's 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 like i said just clinging on but then at some point you know you, you you're going to move from clinging on to climbing back up and getting out in front and uh and you're going to find that you know if you are able to that um you're 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 able to get back to the place that's around about where you were when you started um but you're transformed by it so you're not really in the same place and you're not really the same you so i think it's i think i think of it like that I, I'm curious now, because in the same sentence, you use two different words that mean the opposite. You said it's both being flexible and tough. Mm. Were those words chosen specifically? And how do you view those when it comes to being resilient? So, yeah, you're right. They They are... They are you, like somebody would say that they would be like 
completely opposites. Like to be tough and rigid is yeah. firm, firm in your stance, whereas being flexible is the opposite of being firm and in your stance. It's completely different. So yeah. So like what I would put that. in between it is is adaptability. And 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 I, you know, <laughs> if that's if that 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 will sit nicely between the two of those for me because there's going to be times when it is just stand your ground and you know and you do need to just be rigid and and unwavering I think and there are other times where you really do have to bend with the the storm and uh, you know and be supple and flexible and that's going to be the 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 best thing and I would add I mean you know there's there's there, there may even be a time to just let go you know there's there, there's 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 also going to be that willingness to surrender um you know and 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 decide you know what swimming upstream is isn't the the wise decision for me right now you know? perhaps i just need to let go this time and see see what you know how life churns me out on the other side and and um have another stab at this from another angle so uh, you know and and i think knowing whether that's the right thing to do or not and knowing whether it's time to be flexible and knowing whether it's time to be tough is is about getting back to that higher you that thread that that, that pulls you back to your your truest self because i believe that there's that we've all got that wisdom within you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think you need to go looking outside of yourself. I think experience nurtures it and you can, you know, you can definitely get a long way with books, but you know, ultimately you, you learn it through experience. The, I'm not a gambler by any means. Actually, I just sold, I had a poker set that I just sold on the weekend. Um, but poker came to mind when, when you talked about that, about being adaptable and it's like, you, sometimes you call, sometimes you go all in and you raise, and sometimes it's okay to fold. That's yeah. a viable option. Nah, yeah. this isn't for me. That's okay. I'm going to fold and I'm going to live to play another game and that's yeah. fine. So that's, I don't know why that popped up in my head. Poker being adaptable. Anyway, it, it, it sounds, it sounds like something you, you know, you might have just done a modern version of something out of like the, the, the art of war. Or, or you know something something like that you know like the way of the warrior like knowing when to you know to pick the right battle knowing when to retreat knowing when to go all in yeah and knowing when to just say hey you know what i'm gonna win this battle by not fighting it so <laughs> matt i like to end uh, all of my episodes with a final question and that question okay. is if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners on how to be a more resilient human, what would you tell them? Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to stay on the same thread, mate, because I, I, I think that that resiliency is very well cultivated by developing practices for learning about yourself learning about who you are, where you've come from, and being able to do so in a really open, honest way, and learning to move that towards the positive. 
right? Because as this is something I've been learning quite a lot about myself just recently. You know, when you do delve into your stories, it's much easier to go back and find the, the stuck and muck and, you know, stories of woe. Um, it's very easy to go back and find stories of regret, situations where you, you feel like you didn't handle yourself very well. And it's actually quite, quite difficult to go back and find stories where you're really proud of the way you handled yourself and where you, you know, where you feel like you, you were a real winner in that moment. So I would say, and, and, you know, whether this is via an enlisted coach or whether it's through journaling or, or whatever else, I would say that, you know, find a way to, um, to celebrate the, to celebrate your life because you've done a lot like wherever you're at you know you've been through some stuff you know you've been through some wins you've been through some losses you've, you've learned some lessons along the way and um those are those are your tools for the for the 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 hard times ahead or at least they're, they're they're part of your toolkit for the for the road ahead and you can really um spend time looking at those and really analyze okay yeah that's that experience there that's that's why that's a tool because this it says something about who I am today. So, yeah, and get an enlisted coach. Like if you you know if you really are lit up by these ideas, because I, I've I've not seen a more practical, immediately applicable skill set to to go right into that 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 which I've just described. Absolutely, and there's only just a few hundred of us out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, even fewer level two coaches. So true. true. If you know yeah. of one, they're a diamond in the rough. You should, uh, <laughs> you should get on them right away. So, uh, Matt, this has been an awesome conversation. Thanks for coming on. Is there anything else that you'd like to ha- have our listeners uh, know about you, about any of your ideas, uh, before we sign off? Uh, I, I'm sure other stuff will come up and, you know, I'd love to talk with you more, but, you know, no, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I just, I would like to take this time to thank you. This was, uh, this is my first time doing a podcast, Kevin. So yeah. you know, this was, this is a very special conversation for me. Thank you for making me feel so welcome and comfortable. I was, I was a little nervous coming on here, but I've really, really enjoyed this. Um, I'm on a similar road to you. So I hope that, you know, we can have more conversations in the future and support each other on our our journeys. And uh, if anyone, you know, is curious about, you know, talking with me, please do reach out to me. I'm sure that there'll be some link to my Instagram and and the show notes here. Yep. Absolutely. and, And we can talk. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Matt. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure and I'm sure this won't be our last conversation. So (laughs) thank you, Kevin. All right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest episodes. Be sure to subscribe and I'll see you next time.